Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. But you also had people that were very fine people. Very fine people on both sides. And the, and the aliens would mind meld and give them the technology. They're bad aliens. So the, uh, Are you surprised the Nazis were influenced by demons? No, if demons are real, I would definitely think they'd be on the side of the Nazis. Yeah. McDonald's is connected to the Clintons. They chop up the bodies and put them into the sausage and hamburgers. People are being cannibalized. Look it up. And I'm watching CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful, you know? It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. Welcome to Yeah Na Passaran, a show about fascism and its gravediggers. I'm Cam Smith. I'm Andy Fleming. And we're joined this week by Dr. Cristina Moreno-Almeida, who is a postdoctoral fellow researching digital cultures in Morocco at King's College London. Thanks for joining us, Cristina. Thank you so much for inviting me. I guess just to begin with, could you tell us a little bit about why you started researching digital cultures in Morocco? Well, in fact, I've been researching popular culture in Morocco in general for nearly 10 years now. I started uh, looking at rap music and hip-hop culture with my PhD project. And that really led me to go into the role that online and digital culture plays in, in alternative forms of culture that are not necessarily uh, controlled by the state. Because in uh, some countries, the state controls, especially in North Africa and the Middle East, the state has big control over what is on traditional, more traditional forms of media like radio or or TV. There's a lot of bureaucracy that goes into that. So online is not exactly the liberatory space that was once believed it would be. Of course, it's controlled, but at the same time, it gives you more, more freedom in terms of aesthetics, for example, of what you want to publish. So I decided to see what was different from the culture that was produced in more traditional media, as I said, on TV, on, on television, because I started to see that not only rappers benefit from posting their content on YouTube, but also animated cartoonists. And and what I was finding was that aesthetically it was very different from television, for example, in the terms of cartoons and the stories that they were telling were and were very popular too. So I wanted to know why they were popular and how and how yeah, how different it was. So yeah, that's the story. <laughs> Ten years ago was um, around about the time we saw the emergence of something called the Arab Spring. What, if any, impact did that have on uh, Moroccan politics and culture? Well, exactly. The Arab Spring is quite significant in terms of what happened after, not only in Morocco, like we could apply this for um, North Africa and, and the Middle East too. So we carried out, at, when I was working at LSE, I carried out research project there looking at exactly creative online participatory culture. And what we found was that the mistrust that exists in general uh, politics in the region at large was also happening online. So, for example, we worked with some activists in, in Morocco who would f- 
would know, were aware that their activities were being surveyed online. So, for example, they, they, they planned for a demonstration and they did an online event on, on, or a Facebook event and they would fool the, the authorities by saying the date and the place that was not the correct one and used other means to communicate the, the, the correct date of, 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 of protest. So what we saw in general terms is a rise in surveillance So the Arab Spring uh, caused that the states in different countries looked more into what was happening online and therefore uh, rise in, in, in awareness of that surveillance. And it did change. So at the beginning, if we are talking particularly in Morocco in 2012, so one year after what's called the Arab Spring, some car cartoonists got in trouble with the state because of what they posted online. But this had happened before. So some, I think it was a, a bit earlier, so in 2009, 2010, some part, um, online users also got in trouble for posting uh, pictures of, of the monarchy. However, when, when the Arab Spring kind of faded away uh, until 2016, we can say that it was still there, but just... Uh, Uh, dying out, the spirit at least, we start to see uh, again more daring posts, more daring memes and, 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 and pictures and this kind of, um, of wave emerged. So, so yeah, the Arab Spring has been quite uh, significant for uh, online politics, I might say. And things have changed anyway for, since, since then. Uh, and maybe we can get into that a bit in, in, in a bit. Earlier this year, you published an article about memes and the Moroccan far right. What memes were you looking at in that article? Well, where, so I started my research on memes in 2017, and I was looking at different meme Facebook, especially Facebook meme pages. Why Facebook? Because Facebook is where most of Moroccan online users are many more than on Twitter or, or, well, now now obviously it's changing into TikTok, Instagram, but at the time it was mainly Facebook. And for some time, they were quite daring in their opposition to governance. However, a few years later, in 2019, I started to see the emergence of new meme Facebook pages that had a very different tone to it. So they were more pro a monarchy, but not only that, because okay, having a a, a Facebook page that uh, defends or is proud of the of the monarchy and the state and the nation is is not something that it's strange neither. However, this was going a bit uh, further. The memes they were posting included memes that had been made known by the far right or the alt right if I may say so, in the US, such as Pepe the Frog, for example, and with also the same uh, aim and intention to demonize certain minorities, particularly migrants or uh, feminists or certain groups that are traditionally uh, targeted by the, by the far right. This was something that was quite new, I had never seen this in Moroccan politics. So I've been, when I was uh, looking at uh, Moroccan rap, I looked a lot at patriotic rap because it was quite 
different from other rap themes um, in the region and beyond. And the 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 narratives, the patriotic narratives in Moroccan rap were very similar to mainstream patriotism and nationalism. However, this was very different when it came to meme culture. So that was the first thing that I noticed and it made me look more into that. What has been the reaction of the state to these sort of emerging far-right subcultures in Morocco? But also I wonder what has been the reaction of the platforms like Facebook itself to these things? Because they seem to be in a constant game of uh, whack-a-mole in terms of the far-right around the world. But I did notice when I was trying to look at some of these Moroccan meme pages that I found them a little hard to uh, pass from my knowledge. And I suspect that that might be a problem for the platforms themselves who are coming from a, a Western perspective. Well, one of the things, so that is, oh my God, it's really difficult to know how the platforms respond and how the state responds because it's very obscure. Uh, some, some, sometimes on, on, on some, I mean, English, let's say Anglophone content, you can see that they use, you know, that there are some words that are used as thermometer of what the, the, the post is trying to say. But the case of, of, of first, first we need to understand that Moroccan, the language spoken, the, the language that is mostly spoken by Moroccans, Darija, is not an official language. So the official languages in Morocco are mainly Arabic, and that means um, um, modern standard Arabic or traditional Arabic. And it's quite different from this version of Arabic, or some might actually don't like to call it Arabic neither, even though you can write it in Arabic, because it's such a mix of Amasir or Berber languages, uh, French, uh, Arab, and even Spanish, and some English. So it's a language that it's, I imagine that it has been difficult to decipher for algorithms and platforms in, in order to find what they are talking about. It's it, the, the, if you, if you try to translate this, and I don't know if that's your experience, but if you try to translate this post, they don't make much sense. So my, uh, even though I see that it's getting better, the algorithm, the the, the online trans- the translation is getting better. It's still quite quite difficult for the platforms to control. And obviously, not so much for the state because they do speak the same language. And what I did, what I have found out, I don't know if that's uh, your experience too, is that many of the pages I speak about have disappeared, and there's no notice on why. They've disappeared. They just disappeared. My understanding is that they've decided to stop and to re to open new pages with maybe content that it's not so much controversial. So it's more patriotic, nationalistic, which works much better than content that attacks uh, people that are Moroccans too. So they're creating some of their enemies. That's uh, and this is something I'm. I'm just. It's a sense that I have. It's not really research because this is something that's happening right now. So this is something important to also consider when when looking at online, any kind of online content that content that it can disappear and reappear and in a very different form. In addition to questions of linguistics and uh, translation. I guess the other problem that or challenge when examining this material is, and uh, I guess analysing it, 
is how translatable are the concepts that are being redeployed, that are borrowed from elsewhere and redeployed in a Moroccan context. And I'm thinking especially about terms like uh, the old right, but also fascism and even left and right. What are the, how do you approach those questions and how did you uh, approach analysing this material, this, um, these memes that have been produced on these pages? Thank you for that question. It's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's very important because the, the fact is that politics, mostly politics in North Africa and the Middle East, in the so-called Arab world, and I don't like to call it Arab because there are more ethnicities there, but it has been looked at mainly through, I mean, the, the, the idea of a right or of an Arab right has been discarded in most countries, maybe maybe Lebanon is an exception, but it has mostly been discarded. And the politics is divided between leftists, so and, and what has been called the Arab left, nationalists, and Islamists more recently. And that's it. So it was very difficult when I looked at these memes and this content that looked so much like the alt-right in um, content and form, it was very difficult for me to place it within uh, the, the politics of the region, of how the, the region had been studied traditionally and how groups have named themselves. The thing is that some, and this is not exclusive from the region, it's, I think, from politics in general, that political groups tend to name themselves, to name themselves however they want to see them themselves, but not exactly how we others might see them. So, uh, for example, these groups never call themselves the far right, which I believe is something that is that happens in in, in many other uh, cases. I can see, I can think about uh, Spain with Vox. I've never heard them calling themselves the extrema derecha, far right, in France with uh, Le Pen and um, National. Um, so it happens the same here. They don't call themselves. I never read in any post, but they do. They do appropriate the Moroccan right, which they believe is a space that has not been occupied and that needs to be occupied in order to fight leftists and and uh, Islamists who are believed to be the enemy of the of the right wing. Besides leftists and Islamists, who are the, the enemies of this new Moroccan right? Well, the enemies is anyone that does that is not that does not follow like a mainstream conservative position. However, it's it's tricky because Islamists can be can fall into that category. However, the thing about Islamists, and that's something that may be coming from a kind of Western perspective, it's not so well understood, is that Islamists have been one of the biggest opponents in Morocco of the status quo. They've, they are the ones that have challenged the monarchy and the existence of the monarchy. And that is why they also been demonized using liberal arguments such as Islamists are, you know, a similar thing that we see in Afghanistan, which I'm not trying to say this is the same thing, but this idea that the Islamists have come here to make old women go back to, 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 to their houses and, you know, to bring a kind of, 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 of to, to lessen the progress. And it's, 
the, the official narrative that the monarchy is the one that's leading democracy, leading the, the, a progressive country. And Islamists were the ones that worked from, from bottom up. They were the ones that campaigned and that in neighborhoods and, and went to really the, they were the ones making the, the, the work that the status quo was not doing. So telling people, We can have a better country, but we need a kind of other, another kind of leadership. So yeah, so we had the we have the Islamist, but we also have some of the 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 liberal groups such as uh, secular feminists who are have been traditionally supported by the state, and that's why one of my arguments is that these groups are not. I mean, I'm not sure how this how these groups are useful to the states because they are uh, destroying the work they've done in 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 looking at in, in trying to create this idea of the progressive liberal moderate morocco so and so for sure uh, feminist or lgbtq groups are also part of the of their target leftists for sure and then the traditional enemies of morocco which this is shared by everyone, not everyone, but um, most of Moroccans, which is Algeria, and and the defense of, of territorial unity, such as the struggle in the southern, in the southern regions of the Sahara. So some of the enemies are shared by, uh, let's say, mainstream nationalists, and some are new enemies, which are at least not openly popular within mainstream patriotism nationalist uh, narratives or discourses. You are listening to 3CR, 8.55am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital on your DAB radio. We're currently talking to Dr. Christina Moreno-Almeida about the Moroccan far right. In terms of questions of race and ethnicity and migration, what are the themes that are explored by this main culture? Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky because while there is, I mean, there is a story of migration from Moroccans migrating outside Morocco to Europe, to the US, to other countries in general, that story is uh, totally concealed on, on, and the drama of many of these stories is totally concealed in these pages. And Morocco is uh, depicted as a place where migrants want to come and live, which is also true. There's a, a flow of migrants from the southern countries that um, that have a border with Morocco to Morocco and to stay in Morocco. So there's uh, migrants that go to study and to work and to look for a different kind of life and stay there. So that is the main narrative in these pages. But there's nothing about the Moroccans that actually want to leave Morocco. Yeah. Race is a is also a complicated concept to to look at the reason one of the reasons is that while race race theory has been mainly constructed through the united states experience and uh, the moroccan experience the north african experience is quite different from the story in the us so in morocco race is very tied to nationality However, obviously the looks and in the street make this blur these lines of who is Moroccan and who is not Moroccan, who gets to be Moroccan. So while, while maybe in the States it's, it, it, the, the rule, it's a bit 
clearer in the sense that if you have a parent that is um, um, African-American, Black, then you are automatically considered Black or African-American. This is, in Morocco, there's such a mix that it's very difficult to 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 decipher however if you if you speak darija or, or moroccan arabic or moroccan eh, with an accent it means you're not from uh, morocco then you are racialized automatically so it's uh it's it the thing is that a few years in bef- earlier 2016 there 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 had been talks on on issues on racism so uh, some some magazine posted a picture that was uh, quite racist and 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 people started to complain about this there were also stories of 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 students uh, coming from mali and senegal that studying in casablanca where uh, where they were suffering racism and they were not allowed where they were having trouble like looking for a house so so these stories came up and and were and were quite um, quite uh, important in terms of opening the race question in Morocco. However, these pages have brought back the idea that being racist is actually okay, and that we, you know, there is something as the better Moroccan who is white and or whiter or or or, or uh, not so not having not such a deep skin color which emerges all the time in these memes like when these memes represent Moroccans the Moroccan is always lighter than the other character doesn't matter where the other character is so there's a kind of use they, they use race in this way to demonize any group that they're speaking about. And especially, especially it's clear when they are talking about migrants, uh, which are normally, even though uh, they are migrants from Europe uh, living in Morocco, those are not the migrants they are depicting. Um, I also wonder, it's, I guess when I think about um, the origins of the term alt-right, its development as an alternative, especially in North American politics, there was some sense that uh, it was a fairly marginal phenomenon that through force of circumstance began to obtain a much uh, wider audience and hence we have a proliferation of these memes that are associated with the alt-right across the globe. I'm wondering if you think that there's really uh, an opening within Morocco for the development or further development of this culture and is there any potential for it to uh, begin to emerge within the, I guess, political uh, scene as it's, as it's more typically understood? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's first the term alt-right is quite problematic in itself because it kind of washes down the ideology behind it. It mm, kind of creates a cool alternative, you know, the, the, the idea of alternative culture and rebellious culture, which, so the, the, my understanding of what may happen, which I really don't know with these groups, is that they will also be washed down. And I think that's what I'm already seeing in, through these meme pages. And maybe, maybe become a right wing, officially called right wing group. Or, as it's typically in Moroccan politics, it will be co-opted, so their ideas will be co-opted by other already uh, mainstream political groups. Some of their, 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 their most popular 
ideas used and the others just discarded. And with this co-option uh, comes control, control of, of the groups too. I'm not sure if with with our, you know, with the with online culture and with digital culture, this will be something easy to kill. I mean, the the whole ideology, but it certainly is the way the modus operandi of Morocco in general. So I don't know if I'm being clear, but what what usually happens is that and and not referring to to far right or ideologies, but some progressive groups come up with ideas that are popular and uh, political established groups appropriate them and use them for their, you know, to get reelected for their uh, political propaganda. And that's the way they kill these um, progressive groups who normally want to go even further and they are managed and controlled. So I believe this is the same, the same strategy that's going to be used here. And because it's dangerous for the monarchy to have disorder. So it's dangerous for the status quo to have uncontrolled groups. The way Moroccan politics, as I've been saying, work is not to go directly against them. So it's not directly censure them, but to co-opt them. So I believe, I don't understand, I don't see any reason why this case will be different. The only thing that I can think of, it's because online culture allows you to could, you know, to, 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 to reinvent yourself. So, so you can close a Facebook page, but then open a new one and start to gain followers and reimagine, reimagine yourself. Then this might uh, happen. But how and, and, um, and what kind of ideology will these groups uh, turn into? I really uh, don't know. As I don't know about how, how the alt right in, um, in the US is going to in- reinvent themselves after Trump. So I guess we're we're in at at a time now where yeah we we need to wait and see what's 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 going to happen. Well, that's all we have time for, folks. Uh, Christina, where can people read more about your work? I guess the best way to get uh, in touch, you know, get updates of my work is on my official page at KCL at King's College London, which you can just you know find on Google if you type Cristina Moreno Almeida KCL and that's where my yeah my updates will be well Andy that was very interesting yeah it was Ken we'll be back next week Global Indifada is up next see you later see ya
Palestine Melbourne has organised a forum. When prison is a weapon, the Palestinian reality. Go to fpmelbourne.org. That's fpmelbourne.org to register. The event's October 3 from 8 till 9.30pm. Included will be Nadia Dukka from Palestine, Basam Tamimi from Palestine, our own Yusuf Arimawi here from Melbourne, and it will be chaired by Melissa from Free Palestine Melbourne. Again, the event is October 3 from 8 till 9.30. Go to fpmelbourne.org. Hope to see you there. A 3CR supporter.